Welcome to Music History Monday for January 29th, 2024. I'm Bob Greenberg, and the title for today's podcast is Idomoneo. If you haven't already, please consider joining me on my subscription site at patreon.com slash Robert Greenberg Music, where I blog, vlog, podcast, pontificate, review, and bloviate four to six times a week. We mark the premiere on January 29, 1781, 243 years ago today, of Wolfgang Mozart's opera Idomeneo Re de Crete, meaning Idomeneo, King of Crete. With a libretto by Giambattista Varesco, 1735-1805, which was adapted from a French story by Antoine Danchet, 1671-748, itself based on a play written in 1705 by the French tragedian Prosper Joyot de Crébillon, 1674-1762. Yes, that's a lot of writing credits. Idomeneo received its premiere at the Souvier Theater in Munich, Germany. Idomeneo was a hit, and it constitutes not just Mozart's first operatic masterwork, but by consensus, the single greatest Italian language opera seria ever composed. Setting the biographical scene. On January 15, 1779, the 23-year-old Wolfgang Mozart returned home to Salzburg after having been away for 15 months. His trip, which had taken him primarily to Mannheim and Paris, had been both a professional and personal disaster. He had left Salzburg with his mother, filled with high hopes, high spirits, and dreams of finding a permanent job and romance. He returned home without his mother, who had died in Paris, without a job, without any money, and without the young woman he had met and fallen in love with during the trip. Yes, one Aloysia Weber, who had rejected his proposal of marriage and sent him packing. In returning, at his father Leopold's insistence to Salzburg and the dreaded employ of Archbishop Hieronymus Colorado, to say nothing for the life of chastity, required by both his father and the archbishop. Mozart was painfully aware that he was wasting his time, his talent, and his testosterone. And he was furious about it. By 1780, the now 24-year-old Mozart was both personally and professionally suffocating there in Salzburg. He desperately wanted out and despaired that life was passing him by. More than anything, Mozart wanted to compose opera, something that was difficult to do in Salzburg, given that the archbishop had closed all the theaters. Mozart was, at his core, a person of the theater, and he lived for everything the opera theater entailed. He wrote, quote, I have only to hear an opera discussed. I have only to sit in a theater hear the orchestra tuning their instruments, oh, I am quite beside myself at once." Unquote. 
the stars align. As the old line goes, sometimes it's not just what you know, but who you know that matters. In 1780, that line applied very nicely to Mozart, for which we all must be grateful, because it was thanks to his own hard-won personal contacts that he received the commission for Idomeneo, a commission that changed not only Mozart's life, but the very history of Western music taken as widely as we please. Here's what happened. On Mozart's way to Paris in the fall of 1777, he and his mother stopped and stayed in the southwestern German city of Mannheim for five months, from October 1777 until March of 1778. Their extended stay was not precipitated by Mannheim's expansive public market, or its weather, it was winter after all, or its food. Mannheim was and remains famous for its kartoffelsuppe, its potato soup, and its prosciutto-like black forest ham, also known as Schwarzwalder Schinken. Rather, Mozart and his mom stayed in Mannheim because it was a major cultural and political center. It was the capital city of the Holy Roman Empire state called the Rhine Palatinate, and as such, it was the seat of the Rhine Palatinate's ruling prince, the Elector of Mannheim. The Elector at the time of Mozart's visit was one Karl Theodor, 1724, to 1799. Carl Theodore was a man of his time, an enlightened despot with an abiding interest in philosophy, science, fine art, architecture, and literature. But most of all, the elector loved music, and he spared no expense in making Mannheim one of the most important musical centers in all of Europe. According to the German philosopher Friedrich Heinrich Jacobi, writing in 1777, Mannheim was at the time, quote, a paradise of musicians, unquote. One of the musicians in residence there between October 1777 and March 1778 was Wolfgang Mozart, who hoped to get a job with the musical establishment there in Mannheim. To that end, he got cozy with the elector Karl Theodore. He gave keyboard lessons to the elector's four kids and even composed sonatas for them. Karl Theodore was, as he should have been, powerfully impressed with Mozart, the teacher, composer, and performer. But to Mozart's bitter disappointment, he was not offered a job there in Mannheim, forcing him ultimately to continue his job search in Paris. What Mozart did not know at the time was that Karl Theodor was about to be promoted to combined elector of the Rhine Palatinate and Bavaria, and was consequently preparing to relocate his court to the Bavarian capital of Munich. As such, at the time of Mozart's visit to Mannheim, the electoral court was in the process of temporarily downsizing its musical establishment. In fact, Elector Karl Theodor had by no means forgotten Mozart, and soon enough, when the opportunity arose for him to commission an opera for his new court 
and the city of Munich, Mozart was the hands-down choice. The commission for the opera Idomeneo, King of Crete, was announced in the late summer of 1780. Mozart was quite beside himself, thrilled, elated, itching like a man on a fuzzy tree, to quote the king. Having secured a six-week leave of absence from his job at Salzburg, he left from Munich on November 5, 1780. The story chosen for the opera by the Munich court was that of the legendary King Idomoneus of Crete. Having been informed that there was a shortage of decent librettists in Munich, the librettist chosen, as much for convenience and ease of communication as for any other reason, was Mozart's fellow Salzburger and a family friend, the chaplain Abbe Giambattista Varesco, 1735 to 1805. According to William Mann, writing in The Operas of Mozart, Oxford, 1977, quote, Varesco seems to have been unskilled as a dramatic poet, verbose, and with little natural flair for drama, though his principal characters are intelligently projected and diversified. He accepted Mozart's proposal that they should construct their opera after the French manner, with plenty of ensembles and dynamic choral set pieces. Varesco created some problems as he expected frequent scene changes, which were not desired by Mozart, whose desire was instead to keep the drama moving forward." Unquote. Whatever flaws there are in the libretto, Mozart's E. Domineo is, as previously observed, generally considered the greatest opera seria ever written. That's because the tiresome and predictable rituals of traditional opera seria are almost entirely swept away in Idomeneo, thanks to Mozart's incredible dramatic momentum. At the same time, Mozart's music invests his characters with an emotional depth, dramatic substance, and individuality that entirely transcends their archetypes. In Idomeneo, Mozart's operatic compositional technique his skills as a melodist and harmonist and dramatist reached a point beyond even that of his greatest living contemporary, Joseph Haydn. Munich. For Wolfgang Mozart, composer, performer, theatergoer, ladies' man, and all-around bon vivant slash party animal, Munich made Salzburg look and feel like the tiny, puritanical, small-minded, provincial hole-in-the-wall that, in fact, it was. Writes Mozart biographer Maynard Solomon, quote, Within hours of Mozart's arrival in Munich, he was fully involved in Munich's cultural world, renewing his friendships with musicians, recently moved to Munich from Mannheim, appraising singers, attending the Hof Theater, going to vocal concerts, enjoying his reunion with many Munich and Mannheim friends, even as he prepared to complete his opera." Unquote. Mozart was meant to feel most welcome there in Munich, by everyone from the musicians to the elector himself, a far cry 
from the nattering nabobs of unneighborly negativism Mozart was surrounded by back home in Salzburg. On November 15th, he wrote to his father from Munich, quote, Last Sunday, Count Siao, that would be Joseph Anton von Siao, 1713-1799, one of the people responsible for securing the commission for Mozart, presented me to His Highness the Elector, who was very gracious to me and said, I am glad to see you again. On my replying that I would do my best to retain the good opinion of His Highness, he clapped me on the shoulder and said, Oh, I have no doubt whatever that all will go well." Unquote. The elector's confidence in Mozart was quickly rewarded. Carl Theodore attended the second and third rehearsals of E. Domineo and was thrilled with what he heard. On December 27, 1780, Mozart wrote his father and told him that, quote, after the first act, the elector called out to me quite loudly, Bravo! When I went up to kiss his hand, he said, This opera will be charming and cannot fail to do you honor. Unquote. It quickly got back to Mozart that elector Karl Theodor was telling anyone and everyone that Mozart's new opera was Da Bomb. On December 30th, our intrepid correspondent again wrote his father, quote, I have heard from a very good source that on the same evening after the rehearsal, he spoke of my music to everyone with whom he conversed, saying, I was quite surprised. No music has ever made such an impression on me. It is magnificent music, unquote. That it is. And Mozart knew it better than anyone. He also knew that he was being treated with respect there in Munich, that he was being paid fairly for his work, and that he was reveling in the sort of high cultured life only a big sophisticated city could offer. He also knew that his opera was being produced by an outstanding company aided and abetted by what was perhaps the single greatest orchestra in all of Europe. A rhetorical question. Why on earth would the soon-to-be 25-year-old Mozart ever want to return to Salzburg after Idomeneo's run? In fact, he could not bear the thought of having to return. On December 16, 1780, Mozart wrote his father, quote, Next Monday, I shall have been away from Salzburg for six weeks. You know, my dear father, that it is only to please you that I am staying on there in Salzburg, since by heaven, if I had followed my inclination, before leaving Salzburg I would have wiped my arse with my last contract, for I swear to you on my honor that it is not Salzburg itself, but the prince, the archbishop and his conceited nobility, who become every day more intolerable to me. Thus, I would be delighted if he were to send me word in writing that he no longer required my services. For with the great patronage, which now I have here, both my present and future position would be sufficiently safeguarded." Unquote. 
the premiere. Idomeneo received its premiere on January 29, 1781, two days after Mozart's 25th birthday and 243 years ago today. According to the flutist Jean-Baptiste Becker, quote, Tears of joy and delight came into my eyes when I first heard it. All the performers maintained that this was the most beautiful music they had ever heard." Unquote. The audience agreed. With Mozart conducting, E. Domineo was performed two more times on February 3rd and March 3rd. With those three performances, Mozart had fulfilled his contract to the city and court of Munich. He should have gone directly home to Salzburg, but for reasons we now understand, he dawdled in Munich. Impermissible insubordination. On March 12th, still in Munich, Mozart was ordered to report to Vienna, where his boss, Archbishop Hieronymus von Colorado, was visiting his sick father, the imperial vice-chancellor. The archbishop wanted Mozart around to provide for his entertainment. And so Wolfgang Mozart, flush with a new sense of artistic purpose and personal power thanks to the success of Idomeneo in Munich, reported to Vienna, where the archbishop and his people treated him like the servant and dog they considered him to be. Mozart's outrage and humiliation at having to wait on the archbishop led, ultimately, to outright defiance and insubordination on his part. And as a result, the inevitable confrontation between Wolfgang Mozart and Archbishop von Colorado, between a middle-class artisan of genius and an aristocratic authority, exploded. Mozart described it this way, quote, Then it all burst out. No one else served him so badly as I did. I had better leave today or else he would write home and have my salary stopped. I couldn't get a word in edgewise, for he blazed away like fire. He called me a scoundrel, a rascal, a vagabond. I hate the archbishop to madness." Unquote. Mozart petitioned for his dismissal from the archbishop's service. For one month, the petition was rejected. For one month, Leopold Mozart alternately begged and demanded that his son withdraw his resignation. For one month, the archbishop's chief chamberlain, Count Karl Josef Felix Arco, attempted to mediate the dispute. Finally, towards the end of May 1781, Mozart's demands so infuriated Count Arco that he called Mozart a clown and a knave and physically booted him out of the room, quote, with a kick on my arse, unquote, as Mozart described it to his horrified father. The chains were broken. As Mozart scholar William Stafford points out, quote, this was a landmark, not only in the life of Mozart, but in musical history for it marked the first open rebellion of a musician against feudal society." Unquote. Allow me another couple of rhetorical questions. 
What, we ask, was the catalyst for this landmark, this open rebellion against feudal society? What gave Mozart the confidence, the temerity, to blow off the archbishop, his father, his job, and his hated hometown of Salzburg? It was the opera Idomeneo. Mozart understood completely that with Idomeneo he was approaching an entirely new peak of his powers, a peak that in retrospect was only approached by Guillaume de Machaut in the 14th century, Josquin de Prey in the 16th century, Claudio Monteverdi in the 17th century, and Sebastian Bach and Joseph Haydn before him in the 18th century. The great success of Idomeneo with the knowledgeable and sophisticated opera audience in Munich told Mozart all he needed to know, that he was composing on a level far above that of any of his contemporaries. Credit where credit is due, it was thanks to Mozart's staunch supporters, the elector Karl Theodor, formerly of Mannheim and now of Bavaria and Munich, and the elector's people, that Wolfgang Mozart was given the opportunity, the respect, and the support to compose Idomeneo. In doing so, Mozart was able to break away from the personal and professional straitjacket that was Salzburg, a straitjacket that might otherwise have suffocated him and rendered the last astonishing ten years of his creative life artistically moot. When we return in tomorrow's Dr. Bob Prescribes, it will be with Jean-Pierre Ponel's and Luciano Pavarotti's Metropolitan Opera production of Idomeneo. Thank you. To sample and download one or all of my many courses on subjects musical produced by The Great Courses slash The Teaching Company, please visit my website at robertgreenbergmusic.com.